Hey there, folks, and welcome to another episode of Eddie and His Amazing Friends of the Hero Cast, joined by Simon SGC Speaks on Twitter, or you can follow myself, Eddie C85, it's Eddie with a Y, or EC underscore Hero, EC Hero Cast. All that's uh, EC Hero Cast is Instagram, EC Hero is Twitter, or X, whatever. So, yeah, this is the. Uh, we're back. I said I'd last week we have a guest. And, uh, yeah, we are doing uh, the Suicide Squad. Uh, but before we jump into that, I thought I would do something kind of fun. Well, actually, first we should get into uh, introdu- introductions, of course. Simon, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty good today. How about you? Oh, well... It's been raining all day in Columbus, and that's appropriate. It's windy and rain, just gross weather. And it's appropriate. It matches my mood. Just, I don't know what I did to displease the sports gods. I don't, I mean, I certainly haven't, <laughs> I certainly haven't been cleaning up as far as championships go. Uh, I mean, unless you want to count my, the MLS team, um, but it's been it's been a rough several years for all my teams. It's been a rough couple decades for my hockey team. But I don't know what I did, but uh, had to watch Michigan win. Hopefully that gets vacated. It'll give me some solace. And then today, when I uh, just get my NFL team fires their coach, uh, I don't get it. It's um, horrible, horrible, horrible. They just—they better get the guy they hire right. That's all I'm gonna say. If they get it wrong, I think because the Browns are good now, we might be the new Cleveland Browns. So I don't know. Oh God! It's, 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 it's. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm forecasting down the road, and it's, it's. If they misfire, especially if if he goes to variable goes to New England and does well, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can handle that. But yeah, rough week. I don't know. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, it's almost baseball season. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so anyway, wanted to do something fun to start off the year. Since they, uh, the government typically does their State of the Union address in January, I was like, well, you know what? Let's do a State of the Superhero movies. And, uh, we'll reflect a little bit on 2023 and then look ahead to 2024 so sounds good yeah let me just pull up a uh oh wait what do i need to pull it up for it's on my list i already have it pulled up so 2023 just gonna hit the big ones we had uh ant-man and wasp quantumania shazam fury of the gods uh guardians of the galaxy volume 3 spider-man across the spider-verse flash uh, Blue Beetle, Marvels, and Aquaman Lost Kingdom. Next year, well, this year, I guess, we've got, uh, Madam Web, Deadpool 3, Craven the Hunter, Joker 2, and then just for fun, I threw in The Crow, which I guess they're remaking, but, uh, yeah, so, I guess we'll start with 2023. Um, I'll start with, uh, DC. So, rough year. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
I mean, okay. Well, I'll I'll start with um. Let's see. I guess I'll well let's I'll just go in order. I'll start with uh, Shazam. So it didn't uh didn't I don't have the numbers pulled up. I don't think it did very well at the box office. Um, part of me wonders. If just people have checked out of DC because they know none of this leads to anything, I don't know. I don't think it's entirely wrapped in that because the announcement of this didn't really make that much uh, buzz. So if I had to guess, it would probably just be because I think a lot of people tend to judge movies a lot more by trailers now. And so uh, if your trailer isn't good and doesn't it's going to impact the movie. Um, with Shazam, Period of the Gods, I could say I liked the, the trailers for Shazam 1. That's the main reason I went to go see it. There was nothing about any of the trailers I, I liked in Shazam, Period of the Gods. I went to see it just to see how DC was going to end the year, uh, or begin the, the, the end of the DCU, rather. And, yeah, it was a box office bomb, I got the Wikipedia article up now. Grossed 133.8 million worldwide. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, 133.8 million worldwide box office with a budget of somewhere between 110 to 125. Hmm. So it doesn't even really break even. So yeah, the box. And quite frankly. Well, the box office for the ahead. last one was uh, around two two thirty million, so it made a hundred million less, give or take, and. Uh... Yeah, that's uh, well, two thirty when I subtract the budget. So I guess uh, never mind. It made much less. Um, yeah, you might be right. The uh, the trailers didn't do much for me on this one, um, but I liked uh, Zachary Levy, and uh, so anyway, moving on. Uh, what was next? I guess it would have been uh, Flash. So this- uh, yeah. Yeah, so this one, um, again, I I would have thought that the curiosity of uh, of getting uh, Michael Keaton back as Batman would have helped. It did not. Uh, again, did the fact that people know that this isn't going to go anywhere play enough part into it? Do people just hate Ezra Miller? Does that play a part into it? Maybe. Um, either way. Um, it it uh, it also didn't do do so well. So no, uh, it yeah no yeah no it did not. It uh this one grossed about two hundred seventy one million, but the product but the budget itself was somewhere between two hundred to two hundred twenty, and of course you typically either add a hundred or sometimes even double it for marketing. I would definitely say you probably have to double it for marketing because because I know for, we all know for a fact. They spent Super Bowl ad money on this film. Yeah, and this had so, good trailers. They 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 let you know that Batman, Michael Keaton's Batman was in it. They let you know that Supergirl's in it. They let you know that, uh, uh, gosh, who else? Oh, well, uh, Zod was in it. So they they made it clear that you know we got all these people come see it, and they didn't. So. If I had if I had to guess, I would say. The fact that the DCEU was ending was part of it. Also, some of the special effects didn't look so great in the trailers. Also, 
they were overselling the hell out of this movie because at the time there were people there were fans or and people claiming that this was the best movie since the dark knight and as somebody and i think we can both agree even if we not even get into it whether we liked it or, or hated it this movie is not on the dark knight's level <laughs> no and that's it an is in, not. that's a that's an insult to christopher nolan and i'm not even a christopher nolan stan but for christ's sakes you don't have to lie you could just say it's a good movie yeah um uh... Yeah, but uh, yeah, it didn't do well. Like, like I said, maybe I, I don't know things like the Ezra Miller hate. I mean, maybe, but I think a lot of that is just online, and I think we tend to overrate things online because uh, a lot of it just doesn't translate to the real world. Sometimes it does. So, um, I guess. Oh, good example: Jericho getting booed all of a sudden. <laughs> that, that's a Strictly online thing that has seeped into uh, the real world. Uh, we talked briefly about Aquaman Lost Kingdom before we got on the air. We both have seen it. You know, it's about as good as the first one. The one thing I will say, the first one did huge numbers. This one did not. Again, is it the end of the DC Universe? Is that what did it? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, could be, I suppose, well, but... I think we just, I think, did you mean to skip over Blue Beetle? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> well, that, that, let's do I guess, Aquaman. I guess I know your opinion. I'll, I'll go back to it. I'll go back to it. <laughs> well, I think, you, I think you just told everybody what you thought about it. <laughs> well, the, I'll say this about Blue Beetle. Uh, you know, it didn't have the, the star power, and I'm I'm not, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, Zolo Maradunia. But if you don't watch Cobra Kai, you don't know who he is. So there's not a big star power with this movie. Also, people don't know who Blue Beetle is. Um, yeah. It's like the biggest name in the movie, Susan Sarandon and George Lopez. So, um, I mean, and, and Blue Beetle, not a, not a big name. He's not a Superman or a Flash or a Green Lantern. So, um I don't know. I thought it was a cool movie, but um, yeah, yeah. It's just the star power one there. It, it, they, they may continue it because they set itself up for a uh, sequel with their trailer, their after credit scene. Um, the way the way James Gunn described it, he essentially said this character will continue. So, so that so that'll probably. He'll, that'll probably be the only character who might continue because I, I barely even remember the references to the rest of the DCEU. So this is probably a movie that could easily just slide right in to the DCU and nobody will care. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think if James Gunn didn't want it to continue, he would not have. He would have just gotten rid of the end credit scene. Same with the uh, the end credit scene with Shazam. Uh, I mean, the fact that his wife was in that end credit scene, who we will discuss today, um, makes me think that yeah, that he might be coming back. And then well, yeah. Well, actually, they were trying to. From what I understand, they were booking these people. Uh, they were booking her because just because she was a relatively recognizable face, it wasn't anything like he put an active influence in. So that, I think that was old DC DC U regime, DCEU regime rather. So I Good. think he might have just kept it in because it was relatively harmless. 
Well, he's, uh, according to him, they're they're currently writing season two of Peacemaker, so I guess if Shazam's in it, we'll know the answer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we you know we mentioned Aquaman. Uh, the only thing I will say, I mean, Jason Momoa, he seems like he's one of. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's gonna be a ton of carryovers. We're gonna have two today with Harley and uh, Peacemaker, and then potentially um, potentially Blue Beetle, potentially Shazam, and then uh, Jason Momoa probably just gonna change from Aquaman to Lobo. So. That seems to be the rumor. But everybody else seems to have gotten the axe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we'll see. Um, I know you got into him with a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm surprised uh, I, I did one or two tweets about uh, Rebel Moon. I didn't care for it. I didn't think it was, like, this all-time horrible movie. I actually said if it was a TV series... And you removed all of the, like, obvious, oh, that should be in Star Wars, but you're not allowed to do Star Wars type of stuff. Uh, it actually could have been a pretty good TV show. But uh, I'm surprised none of them come after me, because they are an unhinged bunch. But uh, They're insane, let's just call it. <laughs> I do think it's, like, just, let's just wait and see what happens with Superman Legacy. That's all I gotta say. Let's just wait and see what happens. If it if it fails, then you can laugh and say we told you so. But I don't know. Like let's just let's yeah. As far as Rebel, give it a Go chance. Ahead. I was say just give it a chance. We'll see. As far as Rebel Moon goes, I'm just this. I I figured I was gonna watch it, but after seeing that oh there's gonna be a second cut, I'm just, I, I didn't waste my time watching whatever version they put out on Netflix initially. So I'm just going to uh, watch the extended version when it comes out, because what's honestly even the point? Yeah, uh, I, I didn't know I'm, that I'm, until after I watched it, which I hate. I'm like, why does why does he keep double dipping on movies? Like this is so stupid. <laughs> the entire the entire point of having a Netflix as a platform is that you can essentially make a movie as long as you want. You don't have to. You, sh- you should still pace the movie to be smooth and relatively interesting, but you don't have to adhere to the stereotypical length. It's one of the things that uh, Marvel and DC have done with the television shows, and it surely was done with the movies with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League over on HBO Max. So I'm confused as to why we even did this. It's yeah, almost I mean, like two universes. Like, no. The Irishman it's- is four and a half hours. That's on uh, Netflix. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah. this, and apparently this movie wasn't even supposed to be that long. I think it's only supposed to be three hours. That's yeah. fine. Just do it. <laughs> this is the uh, the Jesse Pinkman. He can't keep getting away with this gif. But <laughs> he, he does. Uh, um, uh, Steiner cut number two on the way. Yeah. Well, let's uh, we'll move into Marvel. Interesting year for them. DC... I mean, look, they emptied out their chamber. That's basically what this year was all about. Try to recoup their losses, you know. I mean, I know they, I know they, you know, canceled Batgirl and like, well, we did it as a write-off. I'm guessing you probably at least can recoup your losses better if you actually just release the movie. I don't know. They honestly, given what we know and what we've seen, it would have made more sense to just cancel the Flash. 
because that that was the movie that was extremely expensive because at the end of the day aquaman had no press didn't really uh get presented that often wasn't even talked about that much yet it's done better than all the past dc movies since black adam and apparently it might even do better than black adam once it's run in 2024 ends which which is which is insane <laughs> Considering how I will never get over the fact that they spent Super Bowl money on the Flash, and it it had it's it it had a it had that second week box office drop that Batman v Superman had. Actually, no, it had one the same as Morbius. Oof. And uh, for reference, I just heard on the radio today because apparently all the car companies are not doing uh, Super Bowl ads, and they said a Super Bowl ad. For 30 seconds is seven million dollars <laughs> okay so let, let's just say th- every 30 seconds is a soup is how long these uh super bowl ads last it let's, let's say they charge seven million per sec those 30 seconds i'm gonna look i'm gonna try and look up this really really fast because i'm genuinely curious <laughs> the flash super bowl commercial because there's no because come on I mean, okay, it was it was a minute, so Oof. so so allegedly it would it would have cost them fourteen million, and I'm sure that's not the appropriate scale for that. I'm sure they jump it up a lot higher, but on the conservative note, they spent fourteen million to advertise to a bunch of people who said no thanks the moment they saw it. Yeah, embarrassing. Well, so with Marvel, uh, an interesting year. I'll start with their... I'm not going to go in order this time. I'll start with their success. Guardians of the Galaxy, big box office number. This is what makes me think, because this was the year that the phrase superhero fatigue got very popular. But then you look at this, or you look at Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and they both did a lot of big, big numbers. It's like, you know... Maybe it's not a thing. Maybe people are just not as interested in the stuff you're putting out. Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't have had some cleanup after Endgame, meaning you got to finish the Spider-Man story. you got to finish... Uh, I guess you could finish the Thor story. Uh, you could do your TV shows, although I wish they would incorporate them into the movies more, but they don't. Um I actually, I actually disagree, but I, about that particular point. But I'll, I'll let you continue. Well, it's it's only because my thing is, it's like, you know, we we we've we've introduced all these characters either by TV show, uh, we've you know we've we've released Moon Knight, we've released She Hulk, we have Hulk's son, we have all these you know characters that we've had in TV shows. Uh, Kate Bishop, who we did at least see in a movie briefly, and then we've introduced characters in post-credit scenes. My go-to is always Thanos' brother, Harry Styles, which we haven't seen since 2021. <sighs> and it's like, we have all these characters, and we're just, they're just out there. And I don't think we're just going to forget about them. I do trust that we'll go back to them one day. My question uh. is, when? Because... I guarantee you the average audience member does not remember, oh yeah, Thanos, that character 
who was the villain in that movie that made like three billion dollars that more people four. saw than anyone else. Well, yeah, combined four billion, yeah. And it's like the, the these movie that no more people saw than any one other movie ever made. You mean that character has a brother and he's just forgotten about? Oh, and he's like an A-list music star, and we just forgotten. <laughs> but he is. Like nobody remembers him, but he's out there. And <laughs> uh, I just I think I don't know. There's there's just a lot of characters just out there, and I'm like, what are they what are they doing right now? What's Moon Knight doing right now? He's just sitting at home in his apartment. Like, I don't get it, but. <sighs> um, but yeah, at least uh, Guardians did well. Spider Verse did well. You know, people did want to check out those and see how they concluded. Um, but I'll start uh, with the bad. Because it was a bad year. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. This was a one that... Uh, I think this was the one... This was the movie that people thought... Okay. You know, the... What do they call it? The experimental phase of Marvel. Meaning, we're going to try with Shang-Chi. Which is next week, by the way. Uh, we're going to try with Eternals. We're going to try with some of these TV shows and see where they go. And then it's like, okay, now we're going to get back to a regularly scheduled program. Here's Ant-Man. The first film of Phase 5. Yeah, here's Ant-Man. You guys know him from the Avengers. Here is the next Thanos. And it maybe broke even? No. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I, okay. I have to... I'm going to take a really quick... Time to just rant about Kang the Conqueror and how they presented everything. I like Loki is a, sh- t- a television show that c- creates, creates a lot of confusion with time timelines and universes and alternate realities and everything else. Overall, I still enjoyed it. And so the next time we see him, I'm like, okay, he's going to fight Ant-Man. Well, uh, Ant-Man's a cool character, but we could. So and I don't, and I don't think they're gonna kill him off, but. I'm just going down the list of all the people who have been in his movies as his team is built up. It's like, okay, we got his wife, we got his uh, girlfriend, Hope, we got his kid, we got Hank Pym and Jet and Janet and his circle of friends. Surely somebody's going to die in this film. We're introducing the next big bad. This is how it happens. It has to be. Yep. And 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 then they just win and everybody and everything's fine. And you think, oh, well, yeah, they killed him or they beat him. But now they're trapped in the quantum. That movie was awful. Uh, Jonathan Majors did a good job as an actor and we'll never see him again for blatantly obvious reasons. If you've watched the news. (laughs) Um, And yeah, this was a. As a start of Phase Five, this was this was this was incredibly disheartening. Yeah, I, he, my thing with Kang, I don't mind that he didn't, because I I did hear a good point. It's like, well, the reason they kept him in the quantum realm and and didn't release him on Earth, because like, then, you know, what would he, what would his character be doing in the meantime? So it's like, okay, I get that, but to me, and I don't want 
Kang to be another Thanos. Like, I don't want just unstoppable... Like, I mean, Darkseid we saw in, in the Snyder Cut. and I mean, he and, and Thanos are pretty similar. They're these big, giant, unstoppable, you know, aliens. And that's all well and good. I don't want the next big main villain to just be a copy of that. If Kang's thing is... I'm there's like a million versions of me and I'm really really smart. Okay, that's different. I want different. But exactly. when when he can't beat just Ant-Man. Like you could have I would have been fine if he killed Ant-Man, but then in the end of the movie you know, he still didn't quite win, but it's like he still did kill an Avenger. That's pretty good. Instead he just referenced killing an Avenger, which is not the same. So also, I want to I want to call, call out that joke they made with him really quickly before we move on. I've killed so many. Uh, it's uh, they all blur together. Are you the one with the hammer? Well, gee, <laughs> does he have one in his hand? At the very least, you could have said Iron Man or something. He he looks closer to Iron Man than he does Thor in that getup. He's even got a circular patch uh, style arc. Uh, suit. Uh, what's what's the thing called that everybody hates now, and that I'm getting tired of. Uh, nanotech suit. Yeah, yeah. It, not not the best uh, opening. And then we got, and and the thing that I was really disappointed by is at the end, it's like, oh well, that was a pretty great villain, right? And it's like, I mean, he was okay. I mean, he, he just if I didn't know he was like the big villain of phase five i would just be like yeah i guess he was not bad but then it's like oh but look there's like a million versions of him like so what (laughs) like i just saw one and he lost to ant-man so okay there's a lot of them like i guess that's threatening maybe but the the only (laughs) the only way that would have worked is if it was like a war of attrition style thing I was like, yeah, you can kill him, but every time you kill him, he's taking something from you. Yeah. Like, oh, you killed this one? Well, congratulations. Your entire family is dead minus your daughter. Um, Like, re- like really dig in. Like, oh, he fights Thor? That's fantastic. Now, he just wiped out all of Asgard. Like, really dig in type stuff. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I... I still would like to see the Kang storyline play out. If they recast him, that's fine. But they really need to amp up the the intensity and direction of the character. Otherwise, I'm completely fine if Doom just comes in and is like, kill them all. <laughs> um, anyway, we have, what would we have next? Uh, yeah, we talked Guardians a little bit. Uh, I guess the next one is uh, Marvel's. So, I mean... Movie itself, it was fine, better than I expected. The one thing I will say, and I'm, I'm going back to the the end credit stuff. The end credits in Avengers movies used to pay off immediately. You know, the end credit scene of um, oh gosh, what was it? Iron Man two. It's like, oh, we got this situation in Albuquerque. Let's go see. And then it's like, oh, there's a hammer. And then, oh, what a coincidence. Thor comes out in six months or whatever. Like, that's how it used to be. And then somewhere we lost our our way. And like I said, we're still waiting on Thanos' brother. 
At least let's Marvels was like here's the X-Men. Guess what? Next year you get Deadpool 3 with the X-Men. Okay. I can now leave the theater feeling excited about a movie that I'm going to watch next year. That's what Avengers movies used to be for me, and then it got lost along the way somehow. But now if I'm being got we're kind of back. Go ahead. They're kind of back. Well, if I if I'm being honest, I don't think they were referencing that specific X-Men universe. I think I they think, were referencing sure. the Deadpool 3 one, or at least a mm. one that we'll see in Deadpool 3. Uh, maybe. Overall, that movie was the most basic Marvel movie I've ever watched. I saw basically every joke coming. I saw the... It, it was kind of boring. It's, it was quite boring, actually. Uh, Miss Marvel... Really good character. Uh, I don't dislike uh, Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, but they need to give her something to do and an, an emotional arc. Uh, there'll be moments where she should be upset, breaking down, or angry and stuff, and it's always just like every time I see her, she's just displaying mild annoyance. And yeah. I and I honestly don't get it. And then. And, uh... Well, I was gonna the say the third one. I I don't I still I don't really care for that actress in general, and especially ever since they'll never. I, I'm all every time I see that character, I'm always gonna say I'm always gonna remember that stupid line from Wandavision. You'll never know what you sacrifice for them. Yeah. <laughs> well, gotta mention the box office. I don't have the figures. I don't even know if it's all fully calculated yet, but it it's it it could be uh, surpassing Zoom for our least our most money lost on a movie. The, uh, the 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 Tim Allen classic where he's a superhero in a UFO. But um, one good. But moving into next year, this year. One Marvel movie. I think that is the right call. I think the actor strike is a uh, happy accident. And um, that way we get time to figure out what we want to do with the next Captain America who, you know, you pointed out on Twitter. It's like, where's he been? He's another, there's another guy. It's like, what's he been up to? I don't know. Um, and then we got time. I don't know. Thunderbolts, we'll see. But I think, my hope, Deadpool 3... We can get people excited. I mean, it, it. We're getting Wolverine back. I don't know. I. I'm very excited for that. I think as long as it doesn't is like terrible. I suspect that. Um, we'll maybe hopefully get the MCU back on track with this one. I hope. I want to be able to leave Deadpool three not only having enjoyed the film, but also knowing where the MCU is headed. I want to be like, okay, I, I clearly see the vision now. Because right now, I don't see the vision. I see that there's a million Kangs. And I see that there's movies in development. And that's all I really know. It's like, okay, I know they're making a Fantastic Four. But I don't know, you know, much beyond that. So... At some at some point in the next couple of weeks, if you want to just do a podcast talking about the state of of the MCU, please, please feel free feel free to ask me because I got several things to say. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, we'll, we're I think we're going to be running out of material at some point in this year, so uh, I'll probably have to take you up on that. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's the MCU. And then the other thing, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> this this is a big year for Sony, so um, I don't know. Um, you got Madam Web coming out in a few weeks. Craven the Hunter, Venom Three. Um, I, I say this with all sincerity. <laughs> I I think they're about to set comic book movies back a thousand years. My thing with Man of Web, and I said this about a year ago, I was like, this movie will lose money. Like, I don't need hindsight. I'm like, this movie is going to bomb. Unless it has like a Godzilla minus one fifteen million dollar budget that I'm not aware of. Uh, it's it's gonna be rough for this one, and like I've commented on on posts on Facebook about this, and people always respond with the same thing: "It's well, they 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 they're making money, that's why they keep doing it." I'm like, but but are they? Like, how is losing money on movies making you money? And you know, more be you know, the Venom movies have been okay box office wise. I think Venom one was pretty successful. Um, Morbius, not so much. I think Madam Web's going to not do so well. Venom 3, we'll see. I haven't seen a trailer yet. I don't know. Audiences might be Venomed out by now. Craven, I mean, the trailer looked cool. Craven's not a big-name character. I don't know. They also got the character wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's just a movie. It looked kind of cool. But I'm just basing it on a trailer, so we'll see. Um, Um... I don't know. I mean, at some point, you also need to bring in Spider-Man. That was... <laughs> that's the one thing... Spoiler for my history with the movie of Morbius, but the one thing I was actually, like, intrigued about with Morbius is... Well, I wanted to see how they were going to incorporate Vulture. And then there's the scene where Jared Leto walks in front of a poster of Spider-Man and says, Murderer. I'm like, ooh, who did Spider-Man murder? What Spider-Man is that? It could be interesting. And they just cut that from the movie entirely, which, uh... It's like, okay... Cool. Which I believe led to the ability of being able to sue movie studios if they false advertise in their trailers, which is good. But absolutely. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, um, I don't know. Madam Web, I might see just as a sick curiosity, like you know, whatever. But uh, I don't know. It's hmm. I don't know. Big year for Sony. <laughs> Sony, it's a, it's probably their make or break year because uh, they have. I keep seeing these plans for them. Like, well, we're gonna do Mysterio and Doctor Octopus too. And it's like, okay, you ever gonna do Spider Man by any chance? I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing a Spider Man Sinister Six movie, but I don't even know if that's what you're building to. Maybe, I don't know. Either way. That's the state of the movies. It's not great. <laughs> but there is some reason to be excited. I think Deadpool 3 is a reason for excitement. I think Joker 2, reason for excitement. So, we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, the man now in charge of DC... So, um, 
let me jump into uh, we'll do the time capsule get that out of the way um this came out what was it um June, August, August 5th, 2021. I cannot believe it. Our number one song is still Butter by BTS. This has been like five episodes in a row now. Just the K-pop is dominant right now. Uh, I think our champions are mostly the same. We'll just run through them. WWE champion Bobby Lashley for another couple weeks. Universal Champion Roman Reigns for forever. NXT Karrion Cross for like 10 days. Uh, Raw Women's Champion Nikki A.S.H. Uh, SmackDown, Bianca Belair. NXT Women, Raquel Gonzalez. AEW is Kenny Omega. AEW Women is Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion is Shingo Takagi. There you go. And in August of 2021, I finished all 30 baseball parks. Went to Houston, saw their park. Went to Dallas, saw their park. The World Series champs. Um, very nice parks. Especially like Dallas's park. But uh, Texas Rangers, rather. But yeah, that's what I was up to in the summer of 2021. Uh, history with this movie. I uh, I saw it on uh, HBO Max. I didn't see it in theater. I think something came up where I couldn't, and then I was just home one night, and I'm like, eh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> Even though I planned on seeing it in theater, I just streamed it instead. But that may be why we jump into the box office. Uh contributing to but uh i assume you had seen this before uh yes at, i actually saw it when it came out i unlike the uh the predecessor i thought the trailers for it were really really good and so i was actually excited to watch it um now whether it lived up to the hype or not <laughs> well uh we're gonna get into that in a second but over but I remember I knew for a fact I wasn't going to go watch this in theaters. I was very hesitant in 2021 of going back to the movies. I think up until this point, I had only been back to the movies once. And I went to go see it on like a Tuesday when I knew for a fact nobody was going to be there. Um, and it ultimately it ultimately became my day. I go see movies now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, AMC half what, off Tuesday or discount Tuesday or whatever it's called. <laughs> absolutely. So, like I said, uh, watched it at home on HBO Max. I expected it just to be. I knew, I, I knew since James Gunn was at the helm, it was going to be a pretty good movie because I hadn't been disappointed of any of his superhero stuff up up until that point. I watched it, and well, you'll have to hear my thoughts in just a second. But uh, let's just. I'll start by just saying I didn't think it was bad. Oh, all right. Well, so yeah, um, whether it was COVID or whether the fact that it was on streaming had something to do with it, box or uh, budget rather, 185 million box office, just 168.7 million. Um, like I said, maybe the streaming, maybe the COVID, who knows? Either way, or 
Option Let's... C, uh, people saw the first one and didn't realize that these weren't that connected. And they're like, no thanks. So that could be it, too. I'm going to kind of say all of the above. Could be, yeah. Uh, so... Like, yeah, this is uh, puts it 155 on our list at a negative 16.3 million. It's negative 18.5 with the inflation that is... <laughs> Here's some blast from the past. It is right below Steel from 1997 with Shaq. That's and, not right. And right above ugh, a dreadful movie, Catwoman. Ironic that they're both DC. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But yeah, I would say the main thing, first of all, Suicide Squad was a, a movie that existed. The, the, that. And it's so funny watching the promotion the director did, David Ayer. He was all he was clearly all in on DC, uh, saying F Marvel at the time. And the reviews are so over the top vitriolic that people recognize that something else might be going on here. Your movie was trash. Um, now, granted, you can say that the studio took it in a different direction and that ultimately that was not the movie that you put out. Well, you didn't say that until three years later for obvious reasons. So. At the same time, you get to look back at the, you defending that movie and go, clearly you didn't have that many problems with it. But, uh, so yeah, Suicide Squad, nobody really liked it. It won an Academy Award for a costume, and that was the only award it's ever won, for obvious reasons, aside from Razzie's, I think. <laughs> yeah. And so, like I said, you got Will Smith, who's a popular actor. He doesn't come back. And then you got... Uh, so instead we get Idris Elba as uh, Bloodsport, and I gotta be honest, um, you can see the immediate. Pa- it is essentially, it's not the same story, but you can tell it's extremely similar. Um, and and also like I said, the name name names matter when it comes to movies and sequels. If you take the name of some movie and you change it to something radical that's un, that doesn't really connect that well, you're not going to experience a good uh, transition from the audience of one film to another. Case in point, with Captain Marvel, a movie's called Captain Marvel. Why is Cap? Why is the second movie not called Captain Marvel Two: Rise of the Marvels or something? Why are you calling it the Marvels when only one character specifically calls herself Mar? When only two characters call themselves Marvels and one of them has been on TV only? Like just because uh, who did it? Just because Christopher Nolan did it with Batman Begins and The Dark Knight doesn't mean everybody can do it. People people know what the dark people know who The Dark Knight is, and if they because Batman is that popular of a character. Uh, the Suicide Squad, I I first heard of them in 2014, and they get a movie two years later. They are not that big to be separating. Like here's Suicide Squad. Now here's the Suicide Squad. The name had already by the time 2018 rolls around, this movie's Suicide Squad one's considered one of the worst movies of all time. So calling it the Suicide Squad and acknowledging it as somewhat of a soft reboot and continuation, an interesting idea, but definitely not one that I would have gone by, and absolutely not one that would have lasted during a pandemic with a dual release. But I will say, it's still I still laugh at the fact that this movie. And Wonder Woman 84 outperformed outperformed Zack Snyder's Justice League on HBO Max. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. I believe Jack. I think I remember the numbers correctly. 
I think Suicide Squad got like a 3.5 or a 2.5. Wonder Woman had a 2.2 a million, mind you. And Zack Snyder Justice League had 1.8 million in terms of the viewership in at least that first week. And so, and I thought that was really wild. Well, the fans of critics enjoyed it. Critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 90%. Fans, 82%. So there you go. Um, now we'll jump into the cast. It is a big cast, so we don't need to spend a lot of time on it because we've already uh, talked a bit. Um, let's see. Well, you know, a couple shout-outs. Pete Davidson. <laughs> Uh, he's on the hero cast now. Um, Michael Rorker's back. James Gunn has his favorites. That part is true. Um, let's see. His, of course, his wife plays, um, um, I just lost her name. Well, she's in the movie at some point. I'll find her. Uh, let's see. I'll start with, uh, Daniela... Melchior as Ratcatcher 2. thought she did a nice job. Not a fan? She stole... No, 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 I'm oh, saying she I... stole the show in my, in my eyes. Okay. Um, yeah, I loved the uh, the normalizing rats. The, that was one of the funnier scenes. Where, like, the rats kept us warm at night, and they're all huddled around them, and it's just absolutely disgusting. That was but... nasty as hell. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, <laughs> stuff like that I, I really enjoyed. Um, let's see. I mean, yeah, Polka Dot Man, he was here. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed his <laughs> stuff with his mom, where you would see his mom everywhere. That was good. I'll say this, uh, as the cast overall, they gave each character, like, much more depth than the first movie did. So... I appreciate that. Whereas, like, the first movie, it's like, you know, a couple of them got some lines here and there, but I don't know a whole much, a whole lot about, um... <laughs> I just remembered Slipknot, the man who can climb anything. <laughs> yeah, I, well, that's fine for him to just be cannon fodder, but, uh, like, a uh, couple of the characters, I didn't, uh, Killer Croc, I didn't, they didn't do too much with him, for instance, so, um... Which actually Oof. leads this version's Killer Croc, Sylvester Stallone as King Shark. I liked him in that. Uh, first off, I saw some people complain. It's like, oh, they gave him a dad bod. I didn't like that. I did like that. I thought that was very funny. I liked that he was strong, but also they made him like a sympathetic type character. Um, it's a shark. Yeah, but he. What are, he, what are you? What? Well, you know, he didn't want to. He, you know, Rat Catcher. You know, it's like, you're my friend now, Nanu. And, you know, he made the little uh, Peacemaker doll. It was very funny. I liked him. <laughs> Why? People are seriously doing this over a shark? Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people in their priorities. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've discussed Joel Kim and his Rick Flag. He does a nice job. Let's get to the three main events. We have the podcast debut of John Cena as Peacemaker. As the Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah. 
This movie just confirmed that John Cena should have turned heel when he faced The Rock in 2012 because he plays such a good menacing villain. And I love the character motivation and he basically spells it out for you in the movie where it's like, I want to achieve peace. I don't care how many women and children have to die to, to get there. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's he, like, yeah, it it's a great great motivation for a for a heel. I've saw his I saw him in Bumblebee before and uh something else, some other TV or movie that I forgot. Thought his acting was okay. This mo- this movie was the first time I looked at him as an actor and I just forgot about the professional wrestler. And in these moments where you see some somebody who's betrayed a role for so long and then they make that crossover and it just clicks, that's what lets you know that they're finally starting to get it a little bit or get they've improved significantly as an actor. So hats off to John Cena for his portrayal of Peacemaker, who is now in Mortal Kombat 1 and is kind of a popular character in DC now, largely yeah. because of John Cena's performance. Yeah, I enjoy the show too. But uh, it's a good story arc, like a redemption story. Uh, we have this version, this movie's version, I guess, of Will Smith's character. It is Idris Elba as Bloodsport, just the leader, I guess, of the group who his skill is just being really good with guns. So we swapped out Will Smith for Idris Elba as the guy who's good with guns and will lead the team. So I will. Yeah, I will say watching Will Smith play Deadshot was probably one of the biggest miscastings I've ever seen in my entire life. Actors who he's either gonna what what I, I guess the best comparison I make is since we're both wrestling fans, the way people the, the way people describe Randy Orton. If he's given if he's in it to give his it his all, it's gonna be a fantastic performance that you're gonna remember. If he's just kind of doing it just to do it, you're going to know. And with Will Smith, I felt like he was playing Will Smith less than Deadshot. Mind you, I'm not a big fan of Deadshot. I'm not an expertise in that character. But I never I never saw Will Smith as Deadshot and said, yeah, this guy's a mercenary. The entire time I said, Will Smith, Will Smith, Will Smith, Will Smith. It just Elba as Bloodsport. I bought into if I bought into him as the mercenary and a guy who wants his kid to get away from him because he he recognizes that he's damaged and he's messed up and he doesn't want that to rub off on his kid. And as a guy who will, if the order is given, he'll kill it with, without, without question. Yeah. I thought he and also Cena played well off of each other. The, uh, I'm, I do what you do, <laughs> but better as good. That was really good. And then uh, Margot Robbie as uh, Harley Quinn, another great performance. You definitely see why uh, they're keeping her around. Also, she's like a, you know, big time A-list star. So why wouldn't you? But uh, she is she is probably the best represented character in the despite all the controversy and changes in the entire DCEU. Yeah, I would say so. Looking forward to Lady Gaga's portrayal, just to see, compare them. But, yeah, so uh, we'll start. Um, 
So we open with uh, the recruiting of Savant to the Suicide Squad. Same deal as the last movie. You do what she says. Amanda Waller, that is. And she'll take uh, ten years off your prison sentence, or if not, she'll blow your head off. And, uh, so we meet the Suicide Squad. It is Captain Boomerang, uh, Blackguard, Mongal, Javelin, TDK, Weasel, and Harley Quinn. And they, I loved the, like, they're trying to figure out what Weasel is. And it's like, is this a dog? And um, it's like, well, he's dangerous. He's actually killed 27 children. And he's just sitting there. And that was actually uh, Sean Gunn. James Gunn's brother played him. Uh, so, and he loves his, you know, he likes to hire his family, but, you know. Absolutely. I guess, hey, hey I, I'll only complain if they turn in bad performances. Uh, Weasel was just a guy making noises. I mean, technically yeah. anybody can really do that. So anybody who's complaining about that, get a life. <laughs> um, but also, yeah. nepotism is just part of Hollywood, so. Absolutely. Because nobody said anything when the director's daughter's in the... Is that Godfather I'm thinking of? Uh, might have been. Either either way, that that's something that just happens every once in a while. As long as they're not taking a major role that could have easily gone to somebody better, I don't really care like that because it's just something that happens. We see it in real life with, with, with jobs. We see it everywhere. So if it happens in... In the, in the if it happens at your local Amazon factory, it's gonna happen in Hollywood. Like, let's be serious. I will yeah. say though, I do appreciate the immediate change of pace from Flag's character from the last movie. In Suicide Squad, he's entirely apprehensive to the idea of working with criminals, crazies, and certified uh, freaks. And he opens the movie shaking Savant's hand, welcoming him to the team. A, literally just the smallest thing, and it really shows you how he's just like, yeah, whatever. Hey, what's yeah, he, up? He's used to it. I also like the fact that Harley and Boomerang are like the, they're like veterans who on the team who are heckling the new guys. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Boomerang was in the last movie. Yeah, we didn't know much about him in the last movie. That was another character. Yeah, I'm sure uh, we'll learn plenty about him in this movie. Yeah, sure. So <laughs> uh, they deploy on the helicopter to a little island, and right away Weasel drowns, which is very funny. <laughs> like, no one checked to see if Weasels could swim. They apparently cannot. And uh, so Blackguard turns on the group right away. That's Pete Davidson. He's like, he's, he's like, where's the guy I talked to? You know, I, I, I brought him all here. And then they just, they kill him, the enemy. We don't know who it is. Yeah. Boomerang and Mongal die in a helicopter crash. TDK, which is the detaching kid, and uh, Javelin, they get just get shot a whole bunch, which uh, Harley Quinn keeps his Javelin. And then Savant dies when he abandons the team. His head blows up. So Rick Flag, he gets... We don't know what happened to him, but we see Harley get captured. And then so, on the other side... <laughs> yeah. Man. The actual Suicide Squad... Team two, it is Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, Polka Dot Man, Ratcatcher 2. So they enter the island because everybody's distracted. And we cut to three days earlier at a prison where we first meet Bloodsport. 
He's uh, skill is anything in his hand is a weapon, and he once put Superman in a hospital with a kryptonite bullet. So that's that, kind of cool. That's taken. That, that's taken directly from the comics, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Man of Steel run from John Byrne. And we find Bloodsport's 16-year-old daughter, uh, Tyla. Shout out from the, the girl from Missing. That was a good movie. Uh, she stole uh, something. What was it? Like a Apple Watch or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and he's like, "This is I'm mad you stole something so stupid." And uh, so Amanda's like blackmailing him to join the Suicide Squad. He's like, "Or else, you know, your daughter she can go to prison. You never know what can happen to someone in prison." Implying that she'll just kill her daughter, which she basically confirms later in the movie. I adore this scene. The fact yes. that he pulls that, the, as we said, it, it plays up everything we've heard of. Anything in his hands a weapon, he grabs the he grabs a pen and is ready to jam it in her neck. And she doesn't even flinch one time. Everybody, all the other people in the room are worried for her safety, got guns pulled on them, and she just tells everybody to stand down. Doesn't sweat doesn't cry, literally talks as calmly and as smoothly as possible. And then my favorite line exchange of those two, I'm no, I'm no fucking leader. And he says, she says, then I'll make you one. <laughs> Viola Davis, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, she was great. They, they, I thought the last movie made her kind of stupid in a way where she's like, I mean, when you think about this, this plan of forming a, a a hero team of criminals, and it's like, if they die, who cares, is really dumb. Like, it would never work in real life. Like, you could never do this. But in this movie, it made her just seem more cutthroat. And I mean, like, by the end of the last movie, she's, like, talking with Bruce Wayne and being like, oh, yeah. And they're friends. And it's like, no, no, Amanda Waller should be a terrible person. So, this movie definitely... Hammer at home. She's not nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, so Bloodsport says, uh, or sorry, I skipped ahead. Um, then we meet the rest of the team. It's Peacemaker, whose skill is anything in his hands is a deadly weapon. Bloodsport's <laughs> like, so he, he does what I do, and then Peacemaker, but better, of course. And we meet Shark King. Up. Yeah, it was a great setup. Uh, shark King, a giant uh, walking shark. Uh, rat Catcher 2, she controls rats. And then finally, Polka Dot Man, he throws polka dots at people. You know, I didn't catch it at first because... But uh, when you mentioned uh, Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, I realized that in the background, Sean Gunn was playing Calendar Man. Oh, yeah, he was a, a cameo in that as well. <laughs> Shout out Calendar Man. He was in uh, Long Halloween also. So the mission briefing is on the island. There was a government overthrow of the island. And it's a secret lab where Project Starfish is being created. We don't know what that is exactly, but whatever it is, it needs destroyed. So then we cut to current times on the other side of the beach. As I mentioned, Harley is a uh, captured flag, lives, and then Javelin's Javelin is uh, Harley's possession now. Um, so the next morning, the Suicide Squad storm the base, and well, they storm a base, and kill everyone. And then they get to the main 
tent on the base and they just see flags in there. Turns out everyone they killed is freedom fighters trying to overthrow this corrupt government, <laughs> which is a very <laughs> funny, uh, this, the way they killed these people was so funny. And then it's like, they're actually on your side. <laughs> The great writing in these like first couple, these next couple of minutes is just insane. Uh, foreshadowing with uh, Starfish. If you know any, the building that uh, the creature is being held at is Jotunheim. And if you know anything about Norse mythology, or if you watched uh, the MCU and you saw, uh, well, technically it's not the same, but if you if you know anything a little bit about Norse mythology, Jotunheim is the land of the giants. Um, like I said, you see Peacemaker and Bloodsport are constantly at odds. They're really building up that these two are going to get into this big fight and that it's going to, and it's going to be a bloodbath because they're both trained killers. It's going to be basically John Wick versus John Wick. Um, and then you see all these kills, you see all the team use their powers creatively. You get a good sense of what they can do fully displayed right after they were described that what they can do. And one thing you notice when you watch this, none of the people who were killed were doing anything necessarily nefarious or criminal. One guy's enjoying a cup of tea. Another guy's out for a smoke. Another guy's taking a bath. One woman is literally singing while she's washing dishes. And these people are getting massacred. <laughs> it's it's such good. I didn't notice that the first time I watched it. I watched it a little bit more intently today, and it's just like Jesus Christ. This was this was this this wasn't necessary. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, and then they're trying to one up each other with more impressive kills. It's so good. Uh, so we learn a little more about Project Starfish. It's a big alien starfish that sends out little starfish to attach to people's faces and controls them. The project is led by the Thinker. He'll be your kind of our villain for the movie. Uh, we cut to Harley Quinn. She gets a new dress. Because the president of the country wants to meet her and eventually marry her. So. Uh, they do. Uh, she thinks he's hot. So she sleeps with him. And then the president reveals his evil plan. And right then and there, Harley just shoots him. <laughs> she says, I promised myself my next boyfriend, if he showed any red flags, I would kill him. And uh, she's like, and then you saying that you want to kill, kill, kill kids... That's a red flag to me. So he just lays there bleeding out and dies. So, Once no again, more president. <laughs> Harley Quinn's character in the DCU. Great. It's great. Jesus Christ. So, back with the Suicide Squad, Polka Dot Man explains his origin. His mom turned he and his brothers and sisters into superheroes and the Polka Dots that form on him are is an interdimensional virus and if he doesn't expel them twice a day uh, they'll eat him alive so tragic and that's why he sees his mom everywhere which is uh, very funny the way James Gunn can make sad creepy and and dramatic all work at the same time is just it's it's absurd we then learn Ratcatcher 2's origin. Her dad taught her the power to communicate with rats. He eventually overdosed. And then I may explain that she loved the rats and they kept her warm at night. Of course, Bloodsport hates rats. Uh, he explains it's because uh, when he was a kid, he got locked in a box and there were starving rats in there. But 
So, the Suicide Squad go to a bar, and Bloodsport finds the Thinker. Just as soldiers are looking for the squad, uh, they take the Thinker out back as the soldiers arrest Flag, Bloodsport, and Peacemaker. They, of course, break free later on, but uh, decide we first need to free Harley before proceeding with the mission. Problem is uh, Harley has already freed herself. (laughs) So... She uses her javelin, and I love as they're climbing the wall. She's like, what are you guys doing? It's like, we're freeing you. <laughs> but yeah, she hails a cab when she sees them all sneaking around the building. And uh, she's like, I can go back inside, and you can rescue me. That's patronizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I got one thing I appreciate is when they're at the bar waiting for Thinker, when they app- uh, apprehended him. You see a little bit more of Peacemaker's uh, kindness to a degree, because he he orders around the drinks for everybody, and he's like, "Hey, don't forget about the rat," which is something you wouldn't expect him to do, given how uptight he is, because he's because mm-hmm. he, he's at Bloodsport's head, because he's like, "Hey, you can say what you want about me, but at least I don't kill men for money." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then <laughs> Harley Quinn's escape sequence, phenomenal. Is it? She had some. She had some solid. She had some pretty good action in Birds of Prey. Honestly, some really good action in Birds of Prey. And this one hits just a little because it's uh, fully rated R. Or this one is rated. I think, I think they're both rated R. Excuse me. Yes. But this one just hits entirely. This one just hits differently because you just see how brutal of it. You, I look at this and I say, yeah, this is someone the Joker would have as his as his uh as his assistant, as his side, as as his woman, as his right hand, because Jesus, she is, it's honestly a little scary how uh how lethal she was. It's one of those things where like, how could a woman this skinny, this uh relatively short, uh do all this damage to people? It's like, she's she's up there with flagging all them in terms of her use of weapons and everything else. And the fact that she's crazy is one of those things. You can't predict crazy. You, uh, a crazy person, you don't know where a crazy person's mind's going to be or where it's going to go. And it's funny, they initially sent her on the actual suicide mission instead of with the team that had the better odds of uh, succeeding. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so we, um, yeah, they, uh, so we, like I said, they, they got the thinker, and uh, their plan is to have him sneak him into the lab, past the guards, which he does. And they get into the lab, they find a ton of prisoners with starfish attached to their face. We also meet Starro the Conqueror, as a giant starfish. And thinker tells them, you know, here's why you're really here. The U.S. government wants Project Starfish. They want to weaponize it. And the U.S. government financed the illegal experiments because, you know, um, they can't do it themselves. But because of this military coup, we want they want it shut down. So they've all been duped. Flag does not like wow. this. He wants to leak this. He gets some uh, hard drive with the files on it. But Peacemaker stops him, saying, if this gets out, it'll cause an international incident. And, you know, I got to preserve peace at all costs. Then, uh, earlier in the scene, there were some bombs planted. They go off. Starro escapes, kills the thinker, rips him in half. (laughs) 
Peacemaker and Flag continue to fight. Peacemaker ultimately kills him with his dying breath. Flag says, Peacemaker, what a joke, which I loved. Because if you watch the Peacemaker show, that line really got to him. <laughs> like, he thinks back I'd... to that line in that show, like, man, maybe I am a joke. And... <laughs> Subvert. A lot of people use the term subverting expectations a lot. Usually it has a negative connotation. Uh, I think I first heard the term around The Last Jedi. And I've heard and the people talk about it from a mostly negative standpoint. This movie brilliantly subverts your expectations because Peacemaker seems like he's a military guy who just went down the wrong path or something or went about it his own way. So the last person you would expect him to go into come into contact with conflict with or be in opposition to is Rick Flagg. Mm-hmm. Then Rick Flagg goes off kilter and decides he's going to expose what the U.S. government has been doing. And then Rick Flagg and then uh, Peacemaker goes at him specifically to make sure that that information doesn't get leaked, not because to, to make sure an international incident isn't started. And they're both technically. And they're both right to a degree. Now, granted, information like that should not any government's involvement in something like that should be exposed because that's abhorrent. There were kid, there were children sent down there. Uh, pe- people whose worst job was being a, whose biggest crime was being a journalist. It really, it really, uh, it really uh, is similar to some of the things we've heard about in various countries around the world. Saudi Arabia and other places that are incredibly harsh on people who speak in opposition to the government and to the people in power. But you do see the perspective of someone who wants to make sure this information doesn't get leaked, because if it does, all hell's going to break loose. You recognize that as a fear and a rational one, because that's exactly what would happen. And like I said, they've spent so much time building up blood sport and peacemaker that it's it's incredibly shocking when Peacemaker and Rick Flag happen because that's not the fight you expected to see. And that fight, I'd like to say again, is phenomenal. The the I, I'm still trying to figure out how they shot Peacemaker's helmet and Rick Flag and 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 Peacemaker fighting around it and and constantly spinning while the fight is taking place in the early stages. Again. John Cena as a villain. This is I, I specifically wrote down at this point, John Cena should have turned heel. Watching him walk up the steps to continue to assault Rick Flagg, he looked like an absolute demon. This was incredible. The fight choreography, the music, everything, the cinematography. They had, I thought, this at this point I knew this movie was, uh, was way different from Suicide Squad because I couldn't, I don't recall a single moment from that film that made me feel like this. Yep. And uh, I loved that. I mean, look, Rick Flagg, had, he, that, you know, it was time to end his character. Um, I loved his final line. And then, again, I love that it played a role into his TV show. So, so Ratcatcher 2 sees all of this. And she takes the hard drive with the evidence and runs off. Peacemaker tracks her down. He's about to kill her. Then we cut to eight minutes earlier. So don't worry. I'll explain why the bombs all went off. Because it's like, what bombs? So, Shark King is occupied with a big fish tank. This was very funny. 
he was making friends with these weird, um, I don't know, jellyfish-looking things, and then they eventually attacked him. That was funny. Uh, Harley, Polka Dot Man, Bloodsport, and uh, Milton are in an office fighting off soldiers, <laughs> and we see Milton get killed. They have an argument about who Milton was. <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, so then the big fish, the bombs go off. Big fish tank, all the water bursts in. Uh, polka dot man accidentally hits the bomb with the polka dots, which is what triggered the explosion. Uh, they escape this collapsing building. Bloodsport just keeps falling through the floor one by one, and uh, that's when he when he stops on the ground floor is when he sees Peacemaker about to kill Ratcatcher, so he shoots him. Their bullets collide. Uh, Bloodsport used smaller bullets. Hits bloods or uh, hits peacemaker in the neck. Fate currently unknown. More on him later. So just then, Starro finally escapes from the lab. Starro releases all these thousands of starfish that attach to the faces of the soldiers. They take over their bodies. Starro and the soldiers storm the city. Starro takes over more people. Waller tells the Suicide Squad evacuate. And we're just gonna probably bomb the island and destroy everything. Uh, but Bloodsport, he just can't do it. There is some good in him after all. And he goes off mission to save the city. All of them go off mission to save the city. Waller's about to blow their heads off when she just gets decked with a stapler. <laughs> uh, it was some some member of the staff, I didn't catch her name, but then James Gunn's wife uh, kind of took over. Well, that and the uh, woman who hit her with the stapler. Um so, Bloodsport starts acting like the leader. He gets everyone working together. He's like, Polka Dot Man, that's your mother. And, you know, Shark or, uh, Shark King, that, that's food. And he's, everything's going good. And then Starro smashes Polka Dot Man. <laughs> so, RIP to a real one. It's crazy to think that if he dodged, he could have easily have taken out Starro. Oh yeah, he's his power is actually strong. It's just very embarrassing. <laughs> I really appreciate the fact that they sowed the seeds of Task Force X having problems with Amanda Waller's actions. In the early scene, Economos is upset at the premise of killing his daughter, uh, Bloodsport's daughter, just to get Bloodsport on board for this mission. Then she reiterates the the question, and then Economos is just like, "Okay, you're just saying that, right?" To which Wallace says, essentially, no. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which is crazy to think when you watch Peacemaker and learn she has a daughter herself, and she doesn't give a damn. And the fact that it's a, let's also keep in mind, Starro gave them a pass. He he essentially said, "Hey, this city is mine." Uh, I guess I guess that was his thank you for getting him out of there. He he had all his soldiers walk right on by. Granted, he did try to take over their bodies at first by sending those little uh, extensions of himself down there. But once he realized that didn't work, he cut his losses and said, hey, uh, this city is mine. That was essentially him telling in so little words. He said, hey, thanks for freeing me. Go home. I have no problem with you. By the way, Jennifer Holland is who played Amelia Harcourt. That is uh, James Gunn's second wife. Uh, His first one was Pam from The Office. So little fun fact, if you didn't know that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Polka Dot Man, 
he is dead. Just then, uh, the people, all the civilians with the starfish on their face, they surround Bloodsport and Ratcatcher 2. Uh, she summons millions of rats from all over the island to save them. She sets the rats on Starro. I enjoyed this because it's gross, but it's really the only way to take this guy down. So Harley then leaps into Starro's eye, puncturing it with the javelin. The rats all go inside and just eat Starro from the inside. And gross, but it's it made sense. And then just an absolutely heartbreaking scene. <laughs> Perfect James Gunn style. One of the people with the starfish on their face just says, I was happy just floating in space among the stars and then dies. It makes you think he was harmless if you just let him be. But Starro, <clears throat> this like I said, yeah, like you just said, that scene with the uh, the scene with uh, Ratcatcher one, uh, incredibly uh, heartbreaking, and because she finally gets to her moment to prove it, she's the one. Because Bloodsport, I also love the fact that they both kept their promises to each other during that car ride. They both promised to keep each other alive. Bloodsport saved her from Peacemaker, and she saved Bloodsport from. Or kept him protecting him during his uh, freak out when all the rats converged on Starro. And just like you said with Starro, he him ha- being happy floating amongst the stars. In some ways, he's a victim too. Oh yeah. Because the United States uh, astronauts took him, captured him, and try and brought in something onto a ship that was headed back to the United States that they didn't fully understand. Now, any normal person or any person who isn't who doesn't want to to experiment and learn about its powers and makeup would have sent it back into space and left it alone and killed would and killed whatever uh, extensions were left. Maybe even interrogated before it went back home. But the United States government decided to allow people to experiment with it, to kill other people and do all these other things. But keep in mind, an animal in the animal in the zoo is not its natural habitat. And so if it gets loose and goes berserk, that's what it li- that's what it's supposed to do. Yep. Starro is the victim. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't go to well, let me grab No 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 no. He's a victim. <laughs> He's not the victim. <laughs> so. Well, but, uh Yeah, we then see uh Tyla, see her dad on the news saving the island. Uh, I didn't mention her. Soul Soria, who was in uh, the villain in The Mutants. New Mutants, rather. She was the rebel leader. She takes over as the president. Bloodsport promises Waller he'll destroy the evidence if he leaves his daughter alone. So everybody gets what they want. Even Peacemaker. And she agrees. And they're all evacuated from the island. Then we get a mid credit scene. Where... Uh, Oh, the mid credit scene, rather, is uh, Weasel... No, this might have been the end credit. I don't know. Either way. No. mid credit scene, Weasel, who we thought drowned, he wakes up on the beach and just runs off into the forest. And then uh, the end credit scene, I mentioned her, uh, Harcourt and the other guy, I forget his name, but they are punished for turning on Waller, and they give her... Uh, she gives them an assignment. Like, you think this is punishment for turning on her? Like, yep. And the assignment is watching over Peacemaker, who is recovering in the hospital. 
which, uh, you know, that was the, um, the TV show. They were all a team, so, and they took on other aliens. Yeah, so. Yeah, that is the Suicide Squad. That's the guy, and I'm guess. I, look, I don't know. I'm guessing this was like a big audition for James Gunn, and then when they decided no more Zack Snyder, even though the box office wasn't there, they might have been impressed enough. Said, let's let him, let's let him try. And uh, although Superman is not, I mean, that's what they're kicking it off with. He's not someone who lends himself to James Gunn's style. I think you're going to have to expand your style if you're James Gunn. Uh, he's not really a comedic character. He's not really a dark comedy character. So he's not Star-Lord. He's not Bloodsport. He's not Peacemaker. So you're going to have to... We'll have to tr- see a new aspect of James Gunn. So we'll see. But this was the audition, I guess. And he passed. He must have. They hired him. So, with that, I really, really liked it. The character development was great. It's funny, dark comedy. I enjoyed it a lot. I'm going pretty high. I'm going to go 9 out of 10. Big recommend. When I first learned of the Suicide Squad as a premise, and when I saw... Let me, let me, let me get this out the way. The Batman Assault on Arkham is the first media that I personally watched with the Suicide Squad as a center focus. I think they maybe had been hinted to in the Justice League cartoon of Task Force X. But, of course, because it's a cartoon, they couldn't go in full detail about what that team does or represents. So Batman Arkham Assault on Arkham is a really good movie as well. It features the Suicide Squad. It features most of the members featured in the original Suicide Squad movie that came out in 2016. So I I only had the one thing to compare it to because I didn't read any of the comics up until that point. And still have it. And when I watched the movie, I was incredibly disheartened. I felt like the only characters they killed were the safe ones that nobody even really were that interested in. For example, they killed Slipknot. Okay. And they killed Diablo. Like, okay, he was the only character who had who had any type of investment or characterization. So, okay, with him, it's like, okay, that's a noted loss. But it comes at the end of the movie. So it's essentially just two people on a team of maybe seven to eight people. Two people died. This movie, I feel like purposely encaps and maybe maybe I'm wrong because I haven't read the comics and I'll accept that as a possibility. But when I think about what the Suicide Squad represents, this movie is what comes to mind. And this is and this is one of my favorite movies in the entirety of the DCEU. Because no movie up until this point. I felt had dealt with the characters in a way that was enduring and made you care about them on uh, and their struggles to the same level. I, the cinematography in this movie is up there amongst my personal favorites. Um, I enjoyed Man of Steel overall, so I'll definitely put that up there. Um, Birds of Prey, I think cinematography is also incredibly good. I appreciate movies that can showcase darkness and not have it look almost pitch black. And and they definitely pulled that off when the, with the scenes with the beach and everything and the st- scenes at nighttime. The music was the music made for the movie was OK. Um, 
not quite that memorable, but James Gunn shines when he uses songs from other uh, from other artists that fit into the movie he's trying to tell. And I feel like every movie, every song really fit. Uh, that song they played at the end was really catchy. As the suicide, what's left of the Suicide Squad enjoys their moment in the literally enjoys their moment in the sun. I I, I honestly love this movie and. I can't wait to see what else James Gunn has in store for the new DCEU. I'm for the, I'm sorry for the new DCU. For the DCU in general. <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. All right. Big one. I think the only I think the only question I had was how did Harley Quinn survive the fall with Starro? That's not really Other superheroes have survived worse, so I'm not really going to I'm not going to harp on that. This movie is phenomenal. There's a reason yeah. why James Gunn is in charge. Yep, yep. I hey, look, I I'm looking forward to it. He, you know, a lot of the characters he released that they're going to make movies on, I never even heard of. So we'll see. I mean, we tried that with Blue Beetle. Not, I mean, I'd heard of Blue Beetle, but a lot of people haven't, and it didn't do so well. So it's risky. But then again, Marvel Marvel made it work. You know, it's not like. It's not like Captain Marvel or Black Panther were huge names and they both made a billion dollars, but we'll we'll see. We'll see. Oh, uh, Captain well, Black, uh, Black Panther was was pretty popular. Captain Marvel absolutely not. But yeah. I think and this this is my conspiracy theory for these movies. I think the the approach to them are going to be from the standpoint of Have you we've talked previously about Superman Shazam, haven't we? Even briefly? Oh, the, um, yeah. The animated special? Yeah. Wait. I think that his approach to the DCU yeah. is going to be similar to that. Where, let me see if I can pull up the lineup really quickly. Yeah, we got Superman Legacy, The Brave and the Bold, which is a Batman film, Superman, Woman of Tomorrow, and Swamp Thing, and of course, The Authority. I yeah. feel like... He's going to feature other popular characters in the movies with the lesser known ones. So mm-hmm. for the authority, I expect I'm sure Superman will make some type of appearance, especially since there is literally a comic comic book with them both. Uh, Superman, I definitely expect to see him in w- Woman of Tomorrow. And Swamp Thing is a kind of a character who can fit in with everybody. Because he can be a villain, he could be a good guy. His my, his ties are to magic a little bit. So I think if they take it, if they take that approach, and a and a lesser character is introduced, in, for the most part, next to a popular character, and then you see them get their own thing. I think the DCU will be successful because in some ways that's similar to what Marvel did for a while, but they didn't really do it effectively. I would say because Black Widow was a character who was well-known, but she didn't get her own movie until after the character had already died. And the yep. movie in question <laughs> wasn't that good. It was really basic. And it could have been a lot more. Same with Hawkeye. He didn't get him. He didn't, he got a TV show versus a movie. And while I don't hate the TV show, it's also nothing too special, if you ask me. So I think if they're coming from that standpoint and they approach it like that, because it's also the television series to consider as well. Because we got 
the Lanterns, which I'm really looking forward to, finally seeing the, a Green Lantern series. Or seeing them back in general since the... What's the guy's name? Ryan Reynolds' uh, movie. Booster Gold, a time-traveling character who essentially almost like a con artist. I'm looking forward to seeing... There's a lot of good things here. Paradise Lost, the Wonder Woman stuff. He's he's proven that he's capable of taking lesser-known characters and making them into uh, more household names. Oh, yeah, the Guardians. Absolutely. So if he pulls off Superman Legacy and Batman, because those are the... because those are honestly the two most popular characters in this entire lineup thus far. I think it's going to be, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the better uh, cinematic universes of the ones we've seen, both successful and completely failed. Well, yeah, a couple things. So, uh, I'm, uh, oh, I just forgot it. Oh, uh, so for starters, Swamp Thing very much feels like a James Gunn type character. He's, I think he'll have a lot of fun with that the superman actually real quick on batman i i want the wacky crazy over the top clay face i've been wanting that for a while and uh we'll see i was hoping this he'd be a villain in one of the suicide squad movies but that was not to be anyway uh superman i was not that high on man of steel and to in my opinion there has not been a good superman movie since superman 2 with Christopher Reeve, so wow. <laughs> uh, he's got a tall task. I mean, Man of Steel was not bad; it was just okay. I think the best like, way I can describe Man of Steel know. is a good movie with problems. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to go. God, you'd have to go to either what, what's <laughs> what's that island? It's like off of India, where like they still live in like tribes and if you approach them they throw spears at you cuz they know that you might have diseases and they're like very primitive i forget the centilli islands or something i know you'd exactly have, what you talk about yeah, don't know the name you, you'd probably have to go there to find people that don't know who superman is and the fact that he it's been so long since there's been like a very good superman movie is crazy to me but um but yeah, um, anyway, next week, I already mentioned it, but we got another obscure hero, <laughs> and uh, speaking of hasn't been doing much since his movie, it's uh, Fire Up Disney Plus, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm really, well, yeah, whenever you want to hop on that podcast to talk about the state of the MCU, I'm ready. <laughs> Because it is absurd to me that this character debuted in, what, 2020? He came out in 2021? Yep. That has it. It is 2020. It is 2024, January 2024. We still don't know who's on the Avengers team. I'm just going to say that. And I'll recommend, I can't even remember the name of the video. It's, uh, It's a YouTube video. The guy does this gimmick where his little Pomeranian talks and asks questions. I forget oh, t- the name of it. But, oh, I know you're uh, talking about. I think it's Screen Crush. I think so. And they did a thing where, like, what if um, Secret Invasion was not a TV show? What if it was a movie? And what if the Avengers was these characters? And it worked. Yeah, it's like, man, that's so much better than what we got lately with Marvel. But 
I would recommend that. Uh, that's where Marvel should have gone, but it's too late. So, but holding out hope for Deadpool. Maybe something happens there. <laughs> but yeah, um, we'll see. Uh, the fate of Marvel, I don't know. Um, it's not. I don't know. If Deadpool three is good, I'll I'll be I'll be all the way back again. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll get out of here on a quote. This is from Peacemaker right before they're about to slaughter a bunch of innocent civilians. <clears throat> Nothing like a bloodbath to start the day. Mark Frank is living life for wealth. Your time is up, my time is now. 